guys to keep in mind that I started my IVF journey in the spring of 2020. That was a year ago. And ever since then, I have been continuously monitored by my doctor. You probably read or listen frequently to me saying I continue to get monitored because I have nonstop been monitored by my doctor. So for a year, I've been seeing this doctor at, at least every other week. Keep in mind, I was living in Montgomery County, out near King of Prussia, Conshohocken, Norristown area, and I was driving to Bethlehem for appointments. Then when I moved to Chester County, I'm living in between Lancaster, Philly, and Reading, and I'm driving to Bethlehem. Bethlehem ended up being my preferred location because I really liked Dr. Tara Budenitz, and that's where she was based out of. But also, if I happened to be visiting family in the Poconos, it was just a quick drive to my doctor if I needed to be seen last minute, which was pretty common. So even though it was far and exhausting to drive all the time, it just sort of worked for me. But it was and still is exhausting to be seen so often, getting uncomfortable tests and blood work often, and it's tiresome to go through these constant motions, especially when you can't physically see progress being made. A lot of it's playing the waiting game, and I am not a patient person. I was being seen weekly, sometimes I was being seen four times a week, so I was driving a lot, especially in the beginning, when in pain a lot of the time. At every single appointment, I had to do tests that were uncomfortable and I would leave cramping. And that was my new normal. That is my new normal. As a victim of sexual assault and also having white coat hypertension and anxiety, sitting with no pants on in a doctor's office, legs open, feeling very exposed where multiple people are in and out and you have to get transvaginal ultrasounds and exams that are very personal it's difficult as fuck with my anxiety it can be difficult for me to even pump gas or go to the grocery store alone let alone be in such a vulnerable setting and position at a fertility clinic but I slowly began to feel more comfortable with my team of women helping me and that is a blessing My husband also had to get some tests done. He's a medically retired veteran, so he goes through the VA for care. His previous doctor that he had would ignore all of our calls, all of our emails. Kevin was not being seen by this man at all. The disrespect and lack of care he was getting was crazy. My doctor even tried to reach out to his doctor and we got nothing back. For me to be able to proceed with things that I needed to do, Kevin had to get tests done first. The only phone call that went through was very brief. Kevin told his doctor he needed to get some blood work done for my fertility stuff as well as a semen analysis. His doctor's response was, you're too young for that, we're not covering that, referring to the semen analysis. To me, it's kind of crazy because if you're able to procreate, how are you too young to get that checked? But 
we were fine with paying for the semen analysis out of pocket. The labs should be covered through the VA, though. But the doctor never put the order in for the blood work, and from then on out, we continued to get ignored for him, uh, by him for months, and I was on a tight schedule. And we're calling this man constantly, and we were getting um, a receptionist, but when she would transfer us, he wouldn't answer. And she told us there was nothing she could do. We ended up contacting patient advocacy and they told us to have Kevin switch his primary care doctor. That was a three month process. So we ended up having to pay out of pocket for my doctor to do his blood work and analysis. And that bill ended up being $1,500 for a veteran that should have had coverage. And they're refusing to reimburse us for it. That's a whole other story. In the midst of everything and us being stressed out, we were trying to house hunt. Our lease was about to end. We wanted to buy a house and the market was crazy with the pandemic. Houses were selling so incredibly fast. We weren't allowed to see houses in person at first, and then when we were finally allowed to tour houses, there was a bunch of precautions for COVID, appointment times were crazy. We were just running around like crazy trying to see as many houses as we could so we could put offers in, so we could finally try to get a house because they were all just going so fast. At one point, we completely exhausted the market. We had looked at every single house for sale in a certain radius that met our criteria. We put in a lot of offers, a lot of above asking price offers, and we didn't have any luck. I had a surgery date set and I wanted to find a house already so that it was one less thing I had to worry about. I wanted to be able to relax and recover with the peace of mind that we found a house. But offers got denied, offers got ignored, phone calls got ignored. And my amazing, knowledgeable real estate agent was disgusted with the lack of professionalism that we were seeing from other agents. She didn't face that same unprofessionalism with any of her other clients, and she also said that we were putting in better offers than most of her other clients, so it was very strange to her. After a while together, we realized what may have been one of the issues. They only really see two things when you make your offer. Your offer and your name, Perez. My realtor honestly thought that we were dealing with discrimination and disrespect because they see our name, don't think the offer is reliable, and don't want to waste their time and would rather take a lower or similar offer that came later that they feel is more reliable. And the house that we finally got, that we had our offer accepted for, was an LGBTQ African-American couple who accepted our offer, found out I was having surgery, and offered to move out early, pay money out of their own pocket to stay in a hotel so that I could recover in my new home. I was immensely stressed while house hunting, but sometimes things happen for a reason. I was blessed to be able to get this home. I didn't love the area I'm in now at first we're in chester county now but i love my neighborhood i love my neighbors i love my home 
I ended up being able to move in before my surgery, which was great. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to help move anything because I wouldn't have been able to lift anything over 10 pounds. After the disrespect we faced, we were blessed to find a new home with such thoughtful and caring sellers. Backing up a little bit, we were still in our old house and house hunting when I got a call from my doctor. She was livid. The surgical center where I was supposed to have my surgery canceled and they were trying to push me back two months. Like I said, I was on a very tight schedule because my insurance coverage was running out in December and I had a lot of things that I had to fit in before then. My doctor had me on the schedule for surgery months in advance. The day that we discovered my possible endo on that ultrasound screen, she booked the tentative surgery date. So when they moved my appointment, she was pissed because they moved me instead of someone that booked their appointment at a later date. So I had waited much longer than other people had, but they chose to move me. She told me she was going to do whatever she could to fix it and that it was unacceptable. We ended the call and she ended up calling me two more times just to update me and let me know that she was still working on it. She said she was calling every manager she could. She was going full Karen. She didn't care. She was like, I'll ask to speak to the president of the hospital. Finally, she calls me and tells me she's able to secure an appointment for my surgery two weeks later than my original date, which is better than two months. Instead of having it done at the surgical center, she secured an operating room at St. Luke's Anderson campus. I always had a good experience at St. Luke's, plus Tara was the one actually doing my surgery, and I had built trust with her, so it was fine with me. I also had to go get a COVID test done before my surgery. I was super nervous because having COVID would derail my strict timeline that I needed to uphold. The only thing that brought me comfort was knowing that I have a terrible immune system and probably would have been showing symptoms if I had COVID. The COVID test was simple. I went to St. Luke's Anderson campus for that as well. They had a little drive through They stuck the swab up my nose. My eyes immediately watered. It was uncomfortable, but it wasn't that bad. It was uncomfortable for me mainly because I loathe the feeling of cotton balls. I don't know why. I just hate it. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me. I didn't sneeze like other people do. Um, eyes just watered and then after they do one nostril they had to do the other and then I got my results back and thankfully they were negative so I could proceed with my surgery 